Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. Oof, watch it. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is Tiffany. And Mandy. I didn't have coffee today. I couldn't handle that extra octave. <laughs> and we are <laughs> Brown Ambition. Brown Ambition. Oh, today is um Q2 tax day for me. Ooh, exciting. Yeah, it really wasn't. I was like, <laughs> so that's when, for those of you who are business owners, you know that, um, well, even if you're not a business owner, you know, you might know that the the tax year for business owners is split in two quarters and a quarter is just three months at a time. So first three months out of the year, I paid my taxes. And now the second three months out of the year, um, which is, what is that? So January, February, March, April, May, June. So I have to pay taxes on the income that I earned. Um, minus expenses on April, May, and June. And so I met with my um, my big accountant, Carlos, and um, Carlos and I were just going over the numbers. Um, it was, you know, the business is doing, you know, well, but it's like, uh, one, paying taxes is not fun. But two, as business grows, Mandy, I'm like, oh. So for those who know, you know, I have three, uh, well, yes, three companies. I've got the Budget Nista, the original company. I've got the Literature Academy, you know, my online school. And then I have a marketing uh, company. And so because I have three companies and I have like folks that work for me that um, kind of do work on all of the companies, um, payroll was getting really crazy. And so Carlos was just giving me some really good advice about how to manage that. It's the next level of your business, man. Your media empire, your Budget Nista <laughs> empire. What I'm is like, uh- well, yeah, interested about quarterly taxes because I, you know, I've always heard that it's a good practice for entrepreneurs, small business owners, self-employed people basically to pay taxes quarterly. Um, so what do you do to prepare for that? Because even just every three months, if you don't prepare for it, it could be a lot of money. So like, what are you doing month to month to make sure you're ready for that quarterly tax bill? And what is that like, what does that actually entail? Do you keep it in a separate account? Does your accountant keep it? Do you do automatic debits? How do you um, even like calculate it? Oh, so many questions. All right. So honestly, three years ago, well, the first three or four, maybe even five years of business, honestly, I didn't have all of this. But now I have my profit and loss statement for each of my three businesses. And then what Rachel does is that when it's time for for me to meet with Carlos every quarter, she combines them into the quarterly statement. And then that's what I bring. Literally, it's usually like 
uh, like a one to two page paper where it just looks like um just a, like a I don't know not an Excel spreadsheet but just like a, like a word doc in in three columns where it's like this is how much uh, Tiffany made this is how much she spent each of these months and this is what's left over and this is what kind of like the category she spent on and Carlos will review it if something looks off he might say you know you um you're missing this or something is off or whatever. And then from that, Carlos says, well, based upon what you've uh, made, this is what your taxes are. And then he gives me some paper that basically says, um, because my taxes, the way I pay them, I pay them as an individual. So my companies pass through me and I, because I I own um, uh, S-Corps. So, well, Mm -hmm. my companies are LLCs, but I'm taxed as an S-Corp. So an S-Corp is your tax, like kind of um, um, allocation. And so that means that I'm not self-employed. I actually work for my companies. And so as a result, I pay my taxes. And um, I, you really, once you reach a certain amount of money, you have to pay every quarter. So what Carlos had me do when I first started is I used to set aside uh, 25% of every every time my companies paid me um, because that was enough. And then when it wasn't enough, I had to set aside 35%. And most recently, as of this year, I had to start setting aside 35% in order to cover. And I honestly, like I say that in like an ally savings account, my, I'm not super fancy. Um, they have, you know, a decent interest rate for their savings. And I look at my ally savings and I'm like, yep, there's money there. Thank goodness, because I've been saving. And then um, I pay online. Um, and that way the IRS doesn't come for me. Is that ally account set up with your business entity or do you personally, is it like your personal ally account? Uh, my personal, because one, this is money that's been already paid out to me. Um, so, um, and I don't, I actually asked, called ally to see if they had an ally business account. They did it. Yeah, I don't um, think they do. Yeah. No, they didn't. So it's just my personal because like I, at this point I'm paying, these are, this is personal taxes that I'm paying. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm married, my husband no longer gets a tax refund because our taxes are now jointly done together. And so because because I'm married and because of him working, um, he actually helps me save money on taxes. So I asked Carlos, what's better? Should we do uh, married filing separately or married filing jointly? And um, Carlos ran both numbers and found that I could save like last year. I saved like almost fifteen thousand dollars in real money in taxes by filing jointly. And so we filed jointly, but he doesn't get a tax uh, um, refund anymore. So instead, I know what his refund would only be. So instead, I just break him off a little bit. It was like, you know, babe, this is, you know, you, you say <laughs> you're nicer than me. I don't do that. We stopped. <laughs> well, what yeah. we do is like he because well, now my husband's getting good at it where he has. So I think normally his refund might be like, I don't know, $3,000. So I would just be like, okay, here's $3,000. And he typically it's like a thousand for Supergirl, a thousand for savings, 500 for fun and another 500 for like paying down bills. So he has like his own system. So, um, but yeah, but I'm like at this point, you know, but you save me money. So I don't mind, you know, because if it wasn't for him, I'd be paying an additional 15,000 in real money, like actually writing an additional check for $15,000 because I pay taxes, doesn't get withdrawn from my, 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 my paycheck. Do you watch the profit? Do I have what? Do you watch The Profit on CNBC? I've, 
watched some of it. Like I've watched like every once in a while I've, I've caught a, a show or two. Why? It's good. Marcus Lemonis. He's mm-hmm. just like this billionaire who goes around with helping struggling businesses while he scoops up like 40 to 50% of the equity in the process. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it's fascinating because it's like you get to watch these businesses fail and he shows them what they're doing wrong. I don't know. I learned a lot to learn a little bit more about business. I like it better than Shark Tank. I feel like it really shows you the day-to-day operations of running mm. a business and what can go wrong when people let themselves get in the way. Shameless no, plug. I like I, Free plug. I've, I've seen. Like I saw this one where it's like a cookie lady and her son, and that was so good. I remember that one. I felt bad for her because she said like a, a bad deal where someone was going to own 90% of her company. And I was like, wait, how is that legal? You know, that you signed away 90% because mm. she didn't know. And so, um, yeah, I remember that one. Okay, maybe I'll watch it more to get some more inspiration. There was a recent one where it was a um, Atlanta-based company. So shout out to them. It was what are they called? Southern Comfort Foods or something. They do like Southern foods prepared, and it's this. Um, it's a uh, a young African American woman and her mom together running this business out of this warehouse, and they were part of Oprah's favorite things, and they had all this early success. And then they were all of a sudden struggling, and turns out that she had signed up for these um, short-term business loans, which I've been learning a lot more about recently. Do you? I don't know if you've ever been in a place, hopefully not, where you've had to consider short-term business loans. Um, they're terrible products. I mean, they are really expensive. First of mm. all, sometimes the repayment terms are like a week, a month two months, six months, they're really short term. And because they're such short term loans, they put crazy interest rates on them, like double digit, you know, 40%. She had a 40% loan that she took out originally for $50,000. I had a balloon to like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. Um, And it's nuts. And these products are out there, man. Like the more that we write about small business loans or business loans in general, the more I'm just like, man, I've been wasting my time writing about payday loans, like business loans and merchant cash advances, these nasty products. That's where it's at. So if you're out there and you're considering, you know, or if you have, or you're considering, you know, taking out a business loan, um, I would love to get more questions about that kind of stuff. Cause that's where I feel like young entrepreneurs can easily make like really expensive mistakes that can haunt them forever. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. I have, I have it. I mean, my, the only loan I ever took out was for my ex-boyfriend. He was the worst because <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you took out a business loan for your ex. Well, this, no, this is like when I very first started, we had just broken up. Like I, I broke up with him cause I was like, I knew I wanted to pursue more in life and I knew that he wanted me like barefoot and pregnant. Um, but we, we tried to remain cool for like two years, two or three years after breaking up. And, um, so he lent me money like to like buy like a laptop and stuff cause I'd lost my job at the time. So, and then to also, um, help me stay afloat with my, um, with my, uh, my, my condo at the time. But meanwhile, I mean, really, is it lending money because, or is it payback? Because I, for six years when we were together, I was young and foolish and he was younger than I was. So while he was in school, I was working. So I used to pay for all the bills. So he lived with me. I bought a condo, he paid no mortgage, pay no, no, um, electricity, no water. I mean, it was to the point where he was literally like my child. I, one of the reasons why I broke up with him is because I remember one day we went to go get like ice cream and like he ordered his ice cream and walked away. And I remember thinking like, what is happening at the time? I was like 28 or something. (laughs) And I was like, did I just bring my son to get ice cream? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I thought like, wow. And it was such a good lesson because 
it, it wasn't all his fault. I had turned it into this, you know, because I was like, oh, well, I'm I'm a little older than him. I was like two, two or three years older than him. I'm a little older than him and I'm more established. And when he gets more established, he's going to contribute. And and it got to be I mean, it got to be bad. I mean, it was so bad. Only the only kind of bad that you could do when you're in your 20s. I mean, Mandy, I, we used to go out to dinner and I would put money on the dining room table so he could put it in his wallet. So we go out to eat. He looked like he paid. It was, I know it was bad. And I told myself never, ever again. So you imagine my shock and surprise, you know, so he quote unquote lent me money um, after we broke up for, um, you know, like a laptop and and maybe it was like three or $400. And of course I'm struggling to pay it back because, you know, I'm broke. I don't have a job. So I, you know, the business is doing, was doing, I can't even say okay, but then he kind of like demanded his money back because his new girlfriend needed a purse (laughs) and he, and he wanted to buy it for her. Can you imagine (laughs) It took everything in me to be like, um, kick rocks, dude. Like, you owe me your life. Like, you lived with me like a child for, like, four years. And I paid for everything. But you know what? I said I didn't want um, him to have any tie to me. So I gave him a little punk $400 back. Um, But, yeah, but I'm sure he and her get to enjoy um, watching me um, skyrocket my way to the top. But um, (laughs) but I just couldn't believe that he asked for the money back and had the nerve to tell me he was going to use it to buy her a coach bag. And I just remember being like, yo, I'm like eating ramen and you want, you want your $400 back. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, it just was another like a um, confirmation of why he was not the one, the two or the three. And now Superman is the exact, <laughs> he's the exact opposite. Like, although I make more, we live off his income and save and invest mine. So it feels nice to have someone who is a giver and not a taker. Amen. Right. <laughs> hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Yes. You know what? We forgot to hit up the social streets. Oh, you're right. Okay. So actually just one really cute one, which I thought was great. Um, this young woman tweeted us. Her name is Mish and um, her Twitter name is at the um, underscore Tamish. And she said, praise report. I just made a final payment on a personal loan. Exclamation, exclamation. So thankful for the resources and inspiration game from um, the BA podcast. Um, hashtag it's a journey. I love that. And she has this meme of like her with like this money bag on her back and it says payment. I just thought that that was awesome. That paying off a loan is, it's honestly, it's awesome. And so, um, and then she shouted us out. She was like, if you're looking to increase your financial literacy to be in a community with others, um, you know, check out, um, the Budgetista and Brown Ambition. So thank you. What was her name or her handle? Her handle was at the underscore T-A-M-I-S-H. Tamish. 
At Tamish. Be- Thanks, girlfriend. Yes. And if you want to give us a praise report or just, you know, you want to tell us that we're so awesome or you just want to say whatever, you know, you can tweet us. We are at the BA podcast on Twitter. And on Instagram, we are at Brown Ambition Podcast, all one word. And I wanted to give a shout out to our Instagram follower, Nachos and A. Nachos and A. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She says, she shouted us out on another podcast page who was asking for um, people to list their favorite podcasts. And she says, um, more hashtag Brown Boost for the Budget Nista and Mandy on at Brown Ambition Podcast. Their podcast is so beautiful and the black girl magic is so real. I see that. I was like, thank you. You love us. <laughs> I love when they brag on us to other on other people's pages. That's I know. That is kind of fun. I'm like, hee hee. I didn't write it. She wrote it. I'm just here to gloat. And one one more from if this uh, Instagram slash listener, if these kinks could talk, she says she posted her own post shouting us out. She said, hashtag get your financial life, Brown Ambition Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for creating this podcast. I learn something new every day. If you're looking for financial guidance, check out this podcast. Two beautiful souls sharing great information for free 99. That's how you know she listens because she quotes one of your sayings. Yeah, you know, I love me some free. Love it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yes. Well, this is a good little transition into brown boost or brown break. What you finna do? I'm gonna boost this week. Me too. You wanna go first? Very optimistic. Yeah. I'm late to I'm late to the party, but I'm gonna do my boost this week for Yelp cashback. Ooh, I never heard of that. Right? I It's been around since 2017. I started doing some research because I wondered how long it's been since I've been out of the loop. But Yelp, if you order food on Yelp, because you know you can actually order takeout or delivery um, through the app, I think in most cities, definitely in New York. And if you get enrolled, you can earn up to 10% cash back just for ordering through the app. You link a credit card and they just once a month deposit money into your account which is just awesome. So it's kind of like Ebates, but specifically for Yelp. And I've been using it ever since we moved um, to our new neighborhood. A couple of restaurants near us participate. And yeah, I just made like five bucks cash back on our dinner the other day. And I I just checked my um, bank statement and I made another $2 cash back from Yelp. So it adds up. And the beauty of it is that at least in my experience, so I have a cashback credit card where I earn three points when I order from restaurants, when I, um, when I go to restaurants. And I was – sometimes these, um, these like restaurant and food apps can be tricky and sometimes they do trigger the three points um, for restaurant spending with credit cards and sometimes they don't. So I was just double-checking because I was thinking, man, if I make 5% cashback – by using Yelp cashback plus 3% cashback by using this rewards mm. credit card, then I'm just almost saving 10% of my dinner, which is pretty dope. So I double checked with my credit card and my Yelp Grubhub. They, yeah, it counted as three points for every dollar I spent. So I basically earned 8% cashback, which is dope. That is dope. Honestly, cashback is like... It's like the chocolate icing on a yellow cake. It's just, it just doesn't get any better than that. It's the extra chocolate chip in the chocolate chip cookie. An extra chocolate chunk in a chocolate chip cookie. It's the pineapple jam in a Dominican birthday cake. Ooh, it is the... Um, the swirl the- on your on your ding dong. No. <laughs> <laughs> It is the strip in your in your in your paella. <laughs> <laughs> 
honestly, it's like it's like I don't when when people don't sign up for cashback programs, I'm like, so you you just don't like money? So you just don't you don't you don't like money? Oh, okay. No, it doesn't even require that much work. Exactly. It's just so awesome. Cashback programs like eBay, this Yelp cashback. It's just literally live your life, like link whatever you have to link and then live your life and enjoy the fruits of your labor. So that's awesome. Yeah, dope. And it's and it's not something that I'm, I'm not shopping to get the cash back. It's just like when I'm if I'm going to order from this restaurant anyway, maybe I'm going to use Yelp to do it and maybe I'll get a little money back. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Well, my brown boost are two people. One, um, brown boost for Damon Young. You know, have you ever heard of Very Smart Brothers? Yeah. So I love that a- website. They're really funny. They are really funny. And he is, I guess, I want to say he's the CEO. But anyway, he's got a, um, a memoir coming out. Like, he's super smart, super funny, super woke, young, brown, ambition, young man. Um, and his book is called What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker, <laughs> which I'm like, oh, I, God. I know. <laughs> a memoir and essays by Damon Young. Honestly, I feel like this is going to be a New York Times bestseller and it's going to be everything. So I'm excited. He is, um, it's going to be on HarperCollins. Um, and so, yeah. So fun facts, which, you know what, you know what, I'm going to say it. So remember I told you that the doctors, the, the TV show reached out to me? The doctors. You do, it, no, but yes. Okay. So I, I feel like I said it maybe like an episode or two ago. So anyway, the doctors reached out to me, which is like, you know, one of these daytime talk shows and like, you know. My dad loves it. Right. So why did they reach out? And they said, hey, Damon Young, we saw your article in the New York Times about um, post-traumatic Brooks syndrome. Would you like to come on? I said, um... My name's not Damon Young, but... Uh, <gasps> oh! <laughs> Wait, you snatched it? Oh! Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I said, my name's not Damon Young, but you know, like, I mean, you're free, obviously, to go with Damon Young, but this is Tiffany, but I, too, talk about financial education. They're like, well, come on, girl. So she, the lady wrote me back. She was like, no, I'm a dream catcher. I knew about you. She's like, I was thinking about both you and, and him, and I guess when I press enter to you, um, you know, and I was like, okay, so thanks, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> So is that why you're giving him a brown boost? Because you feel guilty? I do. And I'm like, sorry. But Damon, honestly, is fine. He is, like, out here slaying and, and yeah, just, like, living his best life. But I just thought that was funny. Because I was like, oh, I didn't write that article, but I could certainly speak to it. Do you, and know, then- him? you know we need to have him on the show? Because I think post-traumatic broke syndrome is a – is I don't even know what it is, but I feel like I suffer from it. So I would <laughs> like to talk to him about it. I know, but you know what? I know people who know him, so you never know. I'm, maybe I'll reach out to my connects. Think, um, and this, think of um, us, Tiff. Think of the show. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> and uh, my second um, uh, brown boost is a um, the first black woman to earn her PhD in nuclear engineering from MIT. Did you see this? No, no. So her name is Maria Marina Robinson Snowden. She became the first black woman to earn a PhD in nuclear engineering at MIT. MIT is like the smarty, smarty, smarty school. It's like the school for the smarty, smarties. Um, and yeah, I just like, like according to her, um, her degree was a, a culmination of 11 years of post-secondary study. Um, she was often the only black woman or black person in her nuclear engineering classes, but she took them um, as an opportunity to represent and shine. And she actually, which I thought was so sweet. This is why representation matters. She said, I had a picture of Katherine Johnson on my wall right after Hidden Figures came out because she was one of the um, the women. Um, I don't know who played Katherine Johnson in Hidden Figures. Do oh, you know? Taranji P. Henson, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, and she said, because she was a role model for me. 
Um, and so, yeah. And I just thought that that was awesome. And she was like, people asked who her role model was. And she was like, you know, you pick and choose from different places. And she was like, now she has a tangible woman, um, Catherine Johnson, who was a mathematician and a black woman killing it. So I just want to say, go ahead, Marina Robinson. And she is fly. Um, so you go ahead being the first black woman to earn a PhD in nuclear engineering from MIT. I'm not sure what you do with it, but I'm sure you slay the world. I mean, it sounds dangerous. Um, so I'm glad that you're on our side. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget us, sis. <laughs> cool. Uh, so that's my two break, my two boosts. How positive we are today. I know, right? I don't know why, because this, this weather has me irritated. questions i'm sure we have some great ones in the inbox anything good yeah let's get some questions so if you guys want to email us a question you can hit us up directly at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click the ask us anything tab and leave us a question there let me know if you want me to say your name or if you want to be anonymous Um, we love getting your questions and this week we have two great questions from some listeners Question number one comes from listener Simone. Simone says, if you close your credit card account and start to pay it off, does it still add interest? My mom has a heavy balance on a closed credit card and she needs to stop paying the interest. Ooh, child. If it was that easy, we'd all be closed back. Right? No, girl, you will still have to pay interest on that credit card. What it does do is means that you can't continue to add charges, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, like the credit card companies would never, because like that's their bread and butter. They get paid by charging you for still having a balance. A better thing to do if your mom wants to um, give herself extra time to pay off the card and to save money on interest is to look and see if she qualifies for any good balance transfer op- options. Because mm-hmm. a balance, what a balance transfer does is you open up a different credit card with a 0% intro APR for 12 months or however long. And you use that new credit card to pay to transfer the balance from your old credit card onto it. And then you have that period of time to pay it down without having any interest because interest is what kills people because you you're trying to get one step ahead but then interest is piling up and you're not actually making any progress so I would say look into balance transfer options Mm -hmm. I can send I can send you a link to a good page with zero percent intro APR balance transfers Um, just just read the fine print because sometimes they say you have to you have to actually complete the transfer within a certain number of days like 45 or 60 days um, in order to qualify for the intro APR and then um, watch out for deferred interest balance transfer options. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of sneaky. So they say we'll give you 0% for 12 months. What they mean is in the fine print, it'll say if you so much as miss a single payment during that year or if you don't pay off the full balance by the end of the 12 months, we're actually going to charge you interest as if you were earning it for the full year and tack it on um, to, your, to your transfer. That sucks. Yep. Don't let yeah, it, it does to you. Suck. But honestly, I found my my very first, well, maybe not my very first, but I, I found at the time of my balance transfer card actually from magnifymoney.com, woo-woo, where Mandy works. So it's a great resource, honestly, because you get to kind of, I think I last time I remember there was like this sliding little like scale where you could put in your um 
your credit score. And they would say basically what you would be um, like cards that would be good for you for balance transfer. Like you can literally, there's a drop down menu, like credit cards, which credit card do you, are you looking for? You choose balance transfer, you put in your, your score and literally sometimes magnifying money will play you and be like, girl, ain't nobody giving you a balance transfer card, <laughs> which I think is hilarious, but I love that because I don't think that's the exact language, but that's not, but it's so <laughs> funny. I was like, you know, Oh, okay. Okay. You got that. Um, and then, you know, but then if your score is good, um, then, you know, then, um, it'll tell you like what cards would be more, most likely to get the yes from. So it's a really good resource. I want to add a pop-up video that comes up every time someone has bad credit and puts their <laughs> puts their info just of like your voice saying that. Yes, wouldn't that be funny, girl? Now you know, you know, anybody give you no bad Well, yeah, that's a good point though. A lot of balance transfer cards do require decent credit. Um, you know, mid six hundreds to get approved. So if you have poor credit already, um, your options are more limited. But um, one thing that you can do is look into personal loans um, and use them to consolidate credit card debt. Um, and I'll also send a link because personal loans can be great, but there are some bad ones out there, bad ones that are almost as bad as payday loans. So we do a lot, a lot, a lot of reviews of different personal loan companies, like every single one you can imagine. So, um, and we've actually found some good options for people who have poor credit too. So I'll, I'll try and post something in there too. Um, but definitely Simone, closing your credit card is not going to fix it. It's only going to, you know, put it out of sight, out of mind probably for you, but it's still going to be accruing. So tell your mom to see if she qualifies for any balance transfer options. Um, and, uh, over and one last thing with the balance transfer. So let's say it's only 12 months. What you can do is set a reminder on your calendar for 11 months and then say, okay, see if you can qualify for another balance transfer option and then transfer that balance onto the new card, um, a different balance transfer card. Um, if you're, if you're approaching that 12 month period and you look like you're not going to pay it off, that's something that you can do as long as you're not transferring funds to the same uh, to a credit card from the same bank. A lot of banks don't let you do that. Yeah. See, we got you, girl. Well, we got your mama. Yep. When I learned yeah. about balance transfers, I was like, hallelujah. Where was that when I was, you know, had my little $1,000 student credit card and kept getting $11 finance charges every month and uh. could never pay it down? Didn't, didn't know what I was doing then, but when I know better, I tell you better. Exactly. Okay. How about one more question real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Listener James. Oh, hey, James. Got a man up in here. Ah, well, who, what was our fake, what was our guy name that we had for, Jamal? Oh, uh, Jamal. Yeah, we oh. forgot about Jamal. Yeah. I love that name, James. Okay. So James says, I have almost $50,000 of student loan debt that I'm working to get rid of. My wife and I have saved about $160,000, mostly saved by my wife prior to our marriage. Other than our mortgage, this is the only debt in our household. While discussing an unrelated financial top topic, my wife mentioned that she would be hesitant to dip into the $160,000 long-term saving for fear of weakening our long-term security to pay off that $50,000 of student loan debt. Um, paying the student loan, if we paid our student loan at the current pace we're on, we would actually end up spending almost $100,000 on the loan after interest charges. Mm. Should we write a $50,000 check and get that cleared up or adjust our saving amount to pay it in installments, um, but attack it with ferocity? This is an excellent question. 
It is. I'm like, ooh, James, you sound like you're married to me. So I too, <laughs> I too am a money hoarder because $160,000 in cash and, and depending on like um what your lifestyle looks like. But for the average person, that's really a lot of money to have as in a savings account. I wonder if that's if, if and he didn't specify, but I wonder if that's like in a regular savings account or if he's including their retirement money in with that. Because it's okay. not, you know, I mean, unless, I mean, by all means, so, you know, you can have that much saved. For the average person, I think it'd be a little hard to imagine having that much in the bank. I wonder if it's like, you know, a 401k, but um, that would that would change the answer a little bit differently. But maybe just for our questions, for our answers, we can, let's just, let's just say that it's regular savings, just like in okay. a regular checking or savings account versus a 401k. Um, so, well, one thing I will say, remember one thing that we learned from Angela that she said, if you have the money to pay off in a lump sum member, you can negotiate down like up to 15, 15, one, five percent yep. saying, Hey, I've got a, so what is, what is a uh, 15% off 50,000? You know how to do the math? So good. Let me see. 4,500. Get... Ooh, did I do it right? Um, I 7,500. <laughs> 7,500. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you could potentially save. 7500 by negotiating saying I have a lump sum amount so that's instead of paying 50000 you'd be paying minus 7500 I'm doing it on my phone 425 so you'd be paying $42,500 so one you're saving that way right but two I my assumption is that your student loan interest rate and this is what you can share with your wife is large is likely greater than the interest that you're earning from your savings account so let's say for the sake of argument that you have $160,000 in a savings account and it's yielding you, right? I think right now, Allies giving you like well, 1.75. Mm-hmm. I think that's like their interest rate. And your student loans, even on the low end, I highly doubt they're giving you, your interest rate was lower than that. So let's just say it's 4%. So that means that you are, your student loans are costing you 4% while your savings is only making you, let's say about 2%. So you're losing on that account. And then like you mentioned, by the time you pay off your student loan debt, you really have will have paid double. So honestly, you can share if you to me, someone um, like your wife, because I, I, I hoard money, too, because I'm I, I'm we have way too much money in savings and I'm trying to let go of that. And, but what would help me is to see the numbers in comparison. Like if we keep the money here and work on and stay on your track, this is what we'll actually um, be spending and have. And if we if we make this decision and pay down the student loan debt, this is what we'll actually spend and have. And and what might help her is how quickly can you get back to the one sixty? Because that would help me a lot. Yes, like, you, know, that's, you know, that's the question that our financial planner started asking to help me get over that hurdle. Oh, is, you too. Oh, you're a hoarder. Yes, too? I'm a hoarder. You know, this was the thing right before we got. Wait, when did I? Last summer or the summer before, we paid off Enrique. Um, we paid off my husband's student loan debt. It was about twenty thousand um, dollars, and that was, you know, it was a joint effort. But I was in the same position as his wife, and that's and that's also a layer here that we haven't talked about yet is the fact that he says it's basically her money that she saved prior to their marriage, oh. and I think that that might be contributing to maybe the little bit of a hesitancy um, because when we paid off my husband's debt, we were using money that I had um, uh, accumulated myself. Um, I, I got, I mean, it wasn't, an, it wasn't a huge mental block for me using my money to pay off his student loan debt because I really do believe 
you know, when you're married, you're, you're, ming, you're merging finances and his debt was holding me back all of a sudden, you know, so I wanted to um, pay it off and, you know, I was eager to, but um, yeah, my, our financial planner, she started asking that question, okay, well, let's be realistic. Yes, it will put a dent in your savings now, but how much longer, how much, how long would it take you to get back to a place where you're replenishing that? And then she mm-hmm. laid it out, oh, three months, two, you know, six months or whatever. And then I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's not that bad. It's not like we're never going to start saving again. And if you got here once, you can get there again. And I mean, you guys would still have 110000 even if you didn't get a 15% discount, you know, if you weren't able to, you know, negotiate it down, although you probably can, um, you'd still be left with over $100,000 in savings, which is phenomenal. Um, and it's, and you don't, you know, it's like Tiff said, um, you don't want to let the, the psychological hang up yeah. get in the way of the pure math of it, which yeah. is that it's yeah. costing you more money to keep this debt on your balance sheet than it would be to pay it down and move, yep. you know, move along. Math her, um, math her to death. Just be like, yeah, babe, honestly, here's some math. Here's some more math. Here's some math on top of math. That will help significantly. A friend of mine helped me with that decision when we were deciding to buy the house cash. Cause my husband was kind of like, well, it's up to you because you know, Uh, We were still really newly married. So it was like, that's your money. And I'm like, even though we were living off of his income and I'm like, well, no, not really. Because although it might be my money, we save and invest. Like if it wasn't for living off your income, we wouldn't have this money to save and invest. But basically he left it up to me. And so I called a friend of mine, Mark, who owns, he's a business um, uh, owner and owns several larger matches in Charlotte's and other businesses. And I said, what do you think? You know, I was asking my other like, friends who I trusted their financial advice. And he masked me to death, basically. He was like, well, how quickly could you replenish the cost of your house? Because I know you're nervous. And I was like, you know, we did the math. And I said, okay, I could have this money back in my account in under eight months, maybe sooner if I have a really good month or two. And I said, he was like, well, it sounds like it makes sense. It's not like it would take you five years to get this money back. That Within a year, you'd be right back where you were. And um, it, it helped me make the decision to... Yes, let's let's buy this home um, uh, cash. So yeah, math is your friend when you're afraid and you are um, suffering from post-traumatic broke syndrome, like me and Mandy. Um, math is going to be your friend. And consider if you don't, because sometimes when it's coming from the person who wants the money, it's you know I understand it. It's it's you love each other, but it can be awkward and it can cause arguments when you try to talk about money. Even if you are completely right, because I've been there. I am always right about money, right? Um, <laughs> But hiring a financial planner for a couple hundred bucks, you know, for, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you know, um, to have someone look at our finances and then basically tell husband what everything that I had been saying, um, it helped because it got, it helped get, have a third party who is objective, independent, who you don't really know so well, so you're not going to talk over them and you listen. Like, I feel like there was, it really helped us communicate better and we had someone who was directing us versus us kind of arguing with one another. So, you know, if you guys feel, if you feel like you're not really, if he's not really hearing you, even when you bring the, bring the math to the table after what Tiff and I have said, um, you know, consider that as an option. You don't have to hire a financial planner for forever. Um, get a fee only planner fee, you know, who charges you an hourly rate, um, just to have the same kind of conversation and see if that helps. Yeah, no. So yeah, I think that's a really good idea too. Sometimes it is not. That's why I asked, you know, like I said, I asked Mark, because sometimes you're right. It is hard to, to get past um, your own kind of like wall and it's hard to hear from someone. I feel like 
husbands around the world are like rolling their eyes because like somebody will tell me something and I'll come home and be like, oh my God, Superman. So I was thinking we should do this. He's like, I just, I, <laughs> I just said that. Yeah. And I'm like, did you? <laughs> Oh, yo, I'm the worst at that. I'm like, did you say that? Oh, it's so oh, weird. Well. It sounded better when someone else said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. So maybe you need to like, if you are cool with her family, like tell my wife. So no, but um, yeah, those are really good. That was really good advice, Mandy. Well, thank you. All right. Well, thank, thank you, James. Thanks for listening. Get your wife to listen. Bring her on to the Brown Edition yeah. train. <laughs> Um, and to Simone, thanks for your question too. Again, you guys hit us up at brownambitionpodcast.com with your questions. We love taking them. I just feel like you guys have been asking really great questions. Sometimes I, I, am always afraid every week, like, are they going to be like the same questions? But nope. You know, all these years later, you guys bring dope and awesome questions. So keep them coming. Keep them coming. Especially more. I want more questions from small business owners and entrepreneurs. I think that that's some of the most, those are, that's what I want to answer. That's what I want to get into. Cause that's, Ooh, yeah. I love territory. that. Yes, bring it on. All right, Miss Tiff. Another fabulous show. Yes. And now it's time to say goodbye to all our companies. Name, name that show, Mandy. Let's see, Millennial. Name the show. This is Mickey Mouse Club. This is why we need insurance <laughs> because you're going to get us sued for the rights for singing these songs that don't belong to us. <laughs> well, you know, I only did a line. <laughs> and I think as long as you sing it and we're not playing the actual recording, we should be fine. Okay. Put me in my place. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Mickey, Meanwhile, Mickey I'm, just, I'm, I'm saying that, but I have no idea. <laughs> it sounds smart, though. I know. And you're not married to me, so you, you obviously I trust you. <laughs> I know. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.